Whether you are thinking about becoming a restaurateur or you are already in the business, Michael Politz has written a must-read, The Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Pick up your copy today at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books a Million, or wherever fine books are sold. This is Reserve Bar. I'm Rick Nielsen. I like the independent companies and restaurants and, and guitar makers. You know, I, I like somebody that's like creating something. It's like cheap trick. It's like you know, we're we're not unique, but we're unique. We're not we're not the only one, but we're the only one that's us. So when, when I heard about Rock and Baca, it's not like attaching to some known product. There's plenty of companies that make spirits, you know, kinds of things, but it's like, this is our stuff. It's bottled right here near my hometown, but expanding around the world. It's like, that's what, that's what I've done. Food and Beverage Magazine Live, bringing food and beverage to life with your hosts, James Beard Award winner Jennifer English and Food and Beverage Magazine publisher Michael Politz. Featuring leaders in the hospitality, branded food and beverage, and CPG industries, many of whom are Jennifer and Michael's friends in the business. For an informal and informative conversation where friends in the business share the latest intel, ideas, and best practices. Live, juicy inside scoop from the tastemakers, newsmakers, bread bakers, drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farms, foodies, and friends of the food and beverage magazine world. Here are your hosts, Jennifer English and Michael Politz. Well, hello, Michael. Hello, Jennifer. How are you today, Janet Jenstein? I am so excited because it's not every day you get to talk to a living legend responsible for one of the greatest anthems of their era. It's not every day you get to talk to somebody who is such a connoisseur that they are a practitioner of the capital F fine arts in multiple disciplines, including one of my all-time favorites, the art of connoisseurship, the art of collecting, the art of discernment, and the art of entertainment. The art Jennifer, of you talk to me every, you talk to me every day. You talk to me every day. What are you saying? <laughs> and I love yeah. that opening. And, and I have to say, I, I love that Rick Nielsen's joining us today because he was a beloved friend of Chef Kerry Simon, who is the sort of heart and soul of a lot of things that we share, because uh, he was one of the people that brought us together, in fact. So it's really a, like a triple honor today. But you're here, and as editor-in-chief of Food and Beverage Magazine, having the publisher, the founder here, the big Macha himself. It's not every day. That's how you know this is a special one. How well, are you? well, Jennifer, you know, it's true. I mean, I don't come on for Sammy Hagar. I don't come on for Jeremiah Tower. I don't come on for Guy Fieri. But you know what? For Rick Nielsen, I will show my face. That is correct. That is correct. Because because I know that Rick will appreciate it, right? And I'll tell you, when Rick's, when Rick's out on tour with Cheap Trick, every once in a while, I'll get these crazy text messages that says, Hey, Andrew Zimmer just came up on stage and sang with us. So you may want to ask him about that, right? These are like, a, the sh he is, for some reason, right? Every chef loves Rick Nielsen. Either he's going, either he's so wealthy that he's been to every restaurant in the world, 
or huh. you're going to have to find all this out, Jennifer, because I've got to jump, believe it or not. I'm going to say hello, but then I'm going to jump because I've got to get to the licensing expo because all these people want to license, obviously, Food and Beverage Magazine and reach all of our readers. And 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 he's not alone today. He's joining us with, uh, with Andy. His partner, his we partner, Andy, Andy Rio. And, and this is the Rock and Vodka, which I've heard so much about. And I've been I've been dying to get my hands on this and talk about this and do all these kind of great things. Andy's got a great history. Rick has a great history. Where they have, how they met is amazing. It's a neat, a neat little story. So uh, Tony, let's bring them on. Oh, I love it! I love it! I love it! Well, good morning and hello, Rick, Andy. It's so awesome to have you here, Rick. It really is an honor. Thank well, you. you're a collector and you're a beauty, and we're all friends of Kerry Simon and Michael. I love you. I had dinner with him, and he doesn't spill either. He doesn't need need, <laughs> need napkins. He's just good. And thank you for keeping in touch with me. Of course, Jennifer, knock yourself out, guys. It was great seeing you, Rick. Andy, we'll talk soon, guys. Thank you, See Michael. you down the road. Have a great time and good luck with everything. I'm here to support 100. percent 100. Thank you, Michael. Well, wow. what an intro. <laughs> okay, I can leave now. <laughs> you know, I, I want to set this up in the, in the proper perspective, but it truly sort is not every day when I get to speak to someone who is such a polymath, who has such an extraordinary attention and gift in so many realms of the capital F fine arts. But of course, most people will know you and love you for creating one of the great anthems in rock and roll and being part of one of the all-time great bands. And if you are a person of a certain vintage and connoisseurship, you remember in the day, but the beauty of Cheap Trick is that it is timeless. You have transcended into the essential category of if you only had 10 albums, one of them will be yours. We've got to welcome you in the context of that extraordinary cultural gift that you've given. Take us back to Chicago. Take us back to those early days when you literally started the band, Cheap Trick. Wow. And well, thank you. you. Thank you, Jennifer. I, you, just keep talking. I like that. I, I don't mean to go on and cut you off before you can answer, but, but did you know this was just going to be a thing? Or was this just in you and it just had to come out? Well, my parents were opera singers and, they, and religious singers, too. They, my dad sang with Billy Graham, and he was on WMBI in Chicago. as a, That's the Christian station. And so I was around music all the time, but it wasn't my music. You know, I grew up, uh, we moved from the Chicago area to Rockford because my dad bought a music store. You know, he, was, he sang for a supper. He never, you know, didn't run a business. And when he came there, he was like, you know, he was, he was new at it. But uh, my dad graduated college at 15, so he was pretty smart. Wow. And, uh, and so I, what I did, they had a little 45s that they, people come, they come and listen to 45s in there. And I used to sneak in there and see all the girls were there. I thought it was good. And uh, when I was eight, I started taking drum lessons because I wanted to be a drummer. Now I can't play anymore, but, uh, but I still have some drum sets. I was just always attached to music. I want to talk a little bit about how you came up and into global consciousness with one of the iconic great bands of all times, Cheap Trick. At what point 
did you remember turning that corner into the mega global influence that you ultimately became? When did you go from a great Chicago band to being a phenomenon of cultural influence? And, and, and how did that feel? When was that? Well, I, you know, I always thought we were good even playing in my parents' garage. And especially when we got Robin as a singer, it was a singer I was always looking for. I have good pitch, but I have a lousy voice, you can tell that. And it, it was just looking for somebody that had, had what I was looking for, because he could sing uh, sweet stuff, he could sing nasty stuff, and he was a real singer. Uh, he actually took a couple lessons from my father, too, some breathing lessons. And <clears throat> so I, when we were playing, even if it was five people or 25 or whatever in a club, I always thought we're, we're cool, you know, better than all the other stuff. And we were doing original material, which uh, to get jobs, we were supposed to be playing top 40. And we tell them we were, and then we'd never do it. <laughs> you know, and uh, it was, that's how it went. And that, uh, by the time, when we got signed, we'd uh, built up a big following in the Midwest. And um, a lot of other bands were asking us to tour with them. Uh, one was Queen, and one was Kiss. And... Uh, one, one was Procol Harum, but we didn't go with them because we switched agency right before that. And it was like, I always felt we were, you know, you know, we're good, you know, it's like, but not thinking we're ever, I was just never arrogant about it. But when we went to Japan, they loved us. It's like, whoa, they, they get it. They understand what we're doing, <laughs> whether they did or not. But it's like, it just, that started, uh, I started be, being big. You know, at the beginning of this piece, we showed a clip of an interview with you where you said, you know, we were banned and, and we, we, you know, you basically, we weren't doing something unique, but you were very unique. And it's so much in line with what you've done with this exceptional product, because yeah. you're not the only company that makes vodka, but you make something that really is like everything else you've done in your career. So exceptionally unique. Andy is your business partner. Andy, we are so good to have you here with us. Will you talk about this um, vodka that you've uh, really brought into, like, again, this global phenomenon? It's, it's, it, it, there's been vodka before, but not like this. How, how is it that you two aligned and took that sort of modus operandi of doing something and really making it your own and making it distinctive and making it like a vodka anthem? <laughs> Jennifer, wow. thank, thank you for having us on and, and, uh, we appreciate this opportunity. Congratulations to your award. James Beard Award is huge. I'm a restaurateur, uh, you know, born in the restaurant business, uh, in the, literally born in the restaurant business. My parents had restaurants since the 70s, but uh, very admirable. So um, we wanted to choose something that was unique and different, right? So we, we always had brands coming to my restaurants to, to, to trendset, right? So we were trendsetters in the Rockford market. So they would bring all these new brands to us and we would uh, showcase them at four or five of our venues. And all of a sudden they became the hot product. So I said, we have to do this for ourselves. We have the leverage, we have the walking billboards. Let's take something unique. And we knew we wanted to do a vodka, but we didn't know until we went into the, the actual distillery that sugarcane wasn't actually an option uh, because they actually gave us a wheat and sugarcane together. My wife said, hey, can we take this wheat out of here? We want to, we want to just go with the sugarcane. They said, well, actually we could make it uh, a sugarcane into a vodka uh, so what separates us from other brands 
is there's very few sugarcane vodkas in the entire world. So it comes off of the still at 190 degrees, and there's absolutely zero sugar added to the product after the distillation process. It's the natural brand, non-GMO, gluten-free, and now award-winning. We just won the double gold in the New York World Spirit Competition last year, and we hope we hope we win the uh, the next award we applied for, which is the uh, Proof Awards, which uh, Food and Beverage is affiliated with. We're excited about that. Will you talk a little bit again, um, Rick and Andy, talk about how you take something and really make it your own by doing something that is not only unique, but is so distinctive and excellent. It's not just different for the sake of different. You've really found a way to differentiate up in an expansive way to say, imagine how good this can be. Um, that really seems to be the, the sort of philosophy Rick, that, that you have, how did you, how did you get to this place and how did you bring something that you knew worked in rock and roll and music and collecting for that matter? How did you yeah. know that it would work in the spirits world? How did you, how did you do this? Well, uh, Andy came to me and, uh, I'm, I'm involved in a couple of businesses also. And it's like, I don't, I want more people to have jobs and, and it's like you know, it's got to be unique. I don't. I'm not a cookie cutter guy. I don't know McDonald's stock or you know that kind of stuff. I started a restaurant in Chicago 21 years ago. It was the number one uh, individually owned pizza and beer places in the country at one point out of 37,000. Wow. And, and and you know I put out a book that I didn't know how to publish a book, but I put it out and I sold all the copies. You know <laughs> then I did another one where John Entwistle from the Who because he liked what I did, and it's like. I, I had no idea. And then I, talking about Queen from before, uh, Roger Taylor, drummer, uh, took me to a place called Nikita's in, in, in London. And all they had was vodka. And, and that's all I remember. Okay, that's the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, having rock and vodka, it's like rock and vodka, rock and, rick and vodka, you know, it, it just sort of tied in nicely. You know, didn't have some name that you can't remember. Yes. That was all. That was Andy, and then he he approached me. And I said, "Well, I'm interested." You know, like I said, I do other stuff too, but it's like that sounded smart. It's local, and all my family's here in the, the local too, so we're all hooked into it. Well, yeah. I, I want you to 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 share with us the characteristics, Andy, uh, as a restaurant guy, as a generational restaurant guy. I'll first say. Thank you, because our industry is built on the sacrifices of families who are in the business of hospitality and service. And so thank you for, for literally the foundation of our industry. Thank you. I appreciate that. Actually, uh, prior to the pandemic, we, we had 275 employees, which we had to lay off. Like suddenly, wow. you know, we didn't even know. We actually launched Rock and Vodka in uh, December of 2019. And, and we announced Rick's involvement uh, on Super Bowl in, in uh, February of 2020. Just before the shutdown. Of course, Rick's, Rick's career went on, uh, you know, hold two and screeching halts. You know, they weren't touring. And here I am with five restaurants shut down. So the silver lining for us was Rick and I actually had time to spend together to develop strategies and, and uh, content and uh, what our next steps will be. So the, it was a blessing in disguise for us. Obviously, it was uh, you know damaging to my restaurant and all my employees. But you have to find the silver lining in everything. And for me, it was spending quality time with Rick to build our brand and tell the story 
And of course, Rick has a, a not only a national, but a worldwide reach. And our fans are organic fans on our social medias from all over the world. And they're interacting with us and they're investing in us. You know, I, we just went live last Monday at a mini IPO where you can actually invest in Rock and Bach and be a part of our team. And we're getting investors from all over the world that want to be a part of our, our, our amazing product. Can you tell everybody a little bit more about that with Start Engine? So Start Engine is, is uh, uh, the nation's number one crowdfunding uh, portal. So uh, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank is a strategic advisor. And I really did some research, research before, you know, joining any one of these portals. And, you know, people always said, hey, I want to invest in Rock and Bach, or I want to invest in you and Rick. And, and it, you can't just take money from people. You have to do it the right way and the legal way and all that stuff. So I felt like they already had the, the one-stop shop. They've already developed a program platform that worked. And having Kevin O'Leary as the strategic advisor from Shark Tank, you know, he's one of my favorite sharks, of course. So we are actually trending on uh, Start Engine right now. We have the most momentum, literally almost the entire time we've been live, as the most money raised in such a short period of time. And, of course, uh, I'm getting emails from all these Start Engine uh, people that I've worked with. They said, Rock and Bach has driven more traffic to Start Engine than any other brand or any other product that has been launched on our on our, our website so it's the momentum is awesome you can click on startengine.com you can type in rock and vodka and you can find us right there and uh, it's all the information you need to know about why you should join rock and vodka is all right there hey uh rick i want to uh, come to you your connoisseurship is legendary tell <laughs> us a little bit about what you love about rock and vodka and this formulation and how you really want to introduce it to people because a lot of people are going to learn about this product for the first time through you, through your, through your tasting it with us. Well, you know, uh, Andy is the, is a steward of the restaurant business and I, I, I go to restaurants every day. So you know, I know <laughs> the good ones and the bad ones. And uh, it was just a business opportunity. You know, I don't need another job, <clears throat> but, but it's like, like I said, it's like we're, we're helping to uh, hire employees and get people, you know, give people jobs where I, where I don't, I can't with Cheap Trick. You want to, hey, Jennifer, you want to join Cheap Trick? You can't do that. You know? right. So this is a, it's, help, it's helping the, the local economy. And now it's gone all over the place. We're, I don't know how many states we're in now in Canada. And if I get, I get emails from all over the place. And it's like, you know, like, like I said, Andy's the, uh, he's, and plus, I don't have a voice. Andy's the the, the big I, boss I, of the company. I, I, it makes me so happy that you're here. And I don't mean to tax your voice because I know it's it's so important to you and your career and to all of us. Uh, but what are some of the notes about rock and vodka that you really want to highlight for us? <laughs> if we're going to go find this, what do you want to make sure we pay attention to? when we experience it, is it the sipping, the blending, the cocktailology that it, get, that it provides? What do you want to make sure we, we discover about rock and vodka? It's, it's basically a new product. And like Annie said, it's like very rare in the business to have make sure, out of sugar and distilled and it comes from our area here and the bottles are cool. And it's like, you know, it's just, you know, there's so many spirits like what, what's the good one? It is, uh, we're in a niche market. And uh, but the niche is getting bigger, and that's what happened with, with our band too. You know, we started out, nobody knew who the heck we were, and and uh, 
who are we? Yeah. Look at this. Got this. Illinois Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> just awesome. came in. Just came in the mail. So Jennifer, uh, to elaborate on that, anybody can uh, make a vodka, you know, and and uh, you know it's a combination of all the ingredients in place. You know, you're adding the sugar cane, but we. You can't just make that at any distillery and, and, and become an award-winning product. So it's the combination of the water source, the natural water source from Harvard. It's the proprietary, proprietary filtration system that they use at the distillery. And you add the ingredients of Rick Nielsen to the mix, and essentially we're a branding company, right? So we're branding an amazing award-winning product. So if you add all those together, and I'd like to back up a little bit to how Rick and I got involved because I did reach out to him, but it was like a sign from God. I mean – <laughs> Rick, it's like we're we're from Rockford. We're from Rockford, Illinois, right? We had no idea Rick was going to be involved with the product. We didn't even know what the name of the product was going to be. We knew we wanted to do a vodka. We knew we wanted to do sugar cane. We knew what the glass was going to look like. We had no idea what the name was going to uh, be. Driving down uh, uh, two fifty one, and there's uh, Rock River, right? So then that was my second sign for the day. I go to one of my my third restaurant, Stockyard Rock Burger Bar. So I'm like, why does this keep on this word rock keep on popping up, right? And then Rick and I are also uh, a part of the Hard Rock Casino that they're, they they actually opened up um, opening at casino in, in Rockford, Illinois. So now you got the Hard Rock involved. There's the word rock again. And I'm driving down the street, and there's the song from Michael Jackson, "I Wanna Rock With You." And I'm like, oh my god! I called my partner. I said immediately, it's got to be rock, something to do with rock. I go to call my lawyer to get the trade trade name trademarks Rock Vodka, and my lawyer's name is Jason Rock, right? <laughs> so, like, oh my God, right? So then, you know, we we ended up finding out really, really quickly Rock would be almost next to impossible to trademark. So we added the, the apostrophe N, and then adding Rock and Roll Hall of Fame legend Rick Nielsen. It could be Rick and Vodka, by the way, R I C K apostrophe N, Rick and Vodka. That's what he likes to tease all the time. But yeah, so the signs were there. And just like why we both joined the Hard Rock Job Creations, why I had five restaurants in a in a you know in Rockford, Illinois, Job Creations, and Rick Nielsen joining Rock and Bucket, just gonna add more jobs. We've already hired full-time people that were interns from the college. So it's not just about business, but it's about stimulating the local economy, national economy in any way we can. I'm a big believer that the hospitality arts are a realm of the capital F fine arts. That to be part of the service industry is to be practitioners of the welcoming and hospitality arts. Andy, you've clearly been in this your whole life and Rick, so have you. Let's talk about the fine art of vodka because you've told the backstory. Now talk about the product. It's one thing to mention that it's made out of sugarcane. As somebody who has uh, been a student of this business and welcomed innovation in all forms. You've really innovated in a way that results in an, especially when it's ice cold, a very food friendly spirit. And I don't want to downplay that because it would be very easy to think of, oh, vodka just goes in other things. But you've really created something wonderful that very naturally goes clean and delicious with many, many foods. This really is, I think, one of the most important aspects of this product that we haven't talked about yet. Can you both talk about how food friendly this product is? 
uh, you can actually uh, use it in the kitchen. So I love cooking, and I use this this vodka in everything. Make a chili, a pasta. Um, so it's very, uh, I mean, it's great in you know sweet and salty. You can put it in Bloody Marys. You can drink it right on the rocks. And the thing I love about this vodka the most is the natural, natural beauty of it. It's like you don't have to add sugar to it. There's no molasses. It's just clean. It's smooth. It's sweet. Got that, and it's not too sweet. Where it has, it's the natural sweetness. And um, you know, we did a blind taste test. So you know, Jennifer having the ability to have. Keep in mind, I had 275 employees and a lot of bartenders and servers, and I let them be the judge. Before I chose to choose rock and vodka, and being a sugarcane vodka, I let them all taste multiple products, the wheats, the corns, the potatoes, all the other grains, and it just kept on winning over and over again. So we actually, before we even went live and before we even hit the shelves and decided that that was going to be our product, we, yet, we let actual humans, real humans, <laughs> Product, yeah, and uh, so that that's why it's award winning. I mean, people the people chose the, the product before it even hit the shelves. It was award winning, in my opinion. Uh, Rick, I want yeah. you to. to um, I want I, you to I, me. What? What? I want you to want me. What? Sorry. <clears throat> yes. Come, come back. I, I I have to tell you, it's such. I look at the screen and I'm like, that's Rick Nielsen. I'm I'm so excited. Here, let me let me kiss you. Then. <laughs> I'm going to send you a recipe book. Oh, fantastic. That's really wonderful. Listen, I, I know we're going to run out of time and I, and I want to salute you for what you're doing, but the innovation here is spectacular. As somebody who just loves the essence of what you're doing, I'm beginning to imagine it's like having your first hit. This isn't your one hit wonder. This is going to be your first hit where you're going to take this, where you're going to go with this and your global influence and your connoisseurship. To me, that's what makes part of this really exciting. Not only have we discovered something that we already love, but where you take us next, we are so glad to be along for this ride. Well, I'm not, we're not, trying to, not trying to brand a hundred things. It's like, uh, you know, I, uh, I used a lot of special guitars and at the Hard Rock, out front is gonna be a 110 foot checkerboard explorer like I play. Not the Les Paul that they have at every other uh, Hard Rock. And it's like I'm I'm excited about that. And and actually Andy's got we, I think we sold a ton of to Hard Rocks down in Florida and you know already without even you know being there. I'm gonna go down and make some appearances. Hopefully I get my voice back. Then. Rick, when you were yeah. out on tour, did you have a ritual before every show where you would you know bring it in and like you know, like they do with a team and a cheer, or did you have a toast or was there something you did before every show? Uh, walk on stage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we, we never had a ritual. We never uh, did the high five or do, but a lot of bands do, but uh, you know, we've been together so long. It's like, we're, we're happy to see each other, but we're, but we're confident in what we do. You know, we don't rehearse. We just go out and play all the time. I just got, we're playing in Boston this week. We just got back from uh, Austin, Texas, where we played with ZZ Top at a private party. Wow. After doing a month with them going across Canada. And now we're Boston. going out with Rod, Rod Stewart. Boston's my hometown. I'm envious. I wish I could be there. How does, does, the, does it feel the same or does it even feel better today to walk on stage and to be 
and to make Cheap Trick come to life? We have people from all ages, you know, it's like we always kind of did, but now it's like we have kids that don't hear our stuff sometimes on the radio and they come there because they're interested in the music. And, and then we have people that have seen us, you know, for a whole career. You know, it's hard to find people older to get things, but uh, it's, it's pretty cool. You know, I get letters and I get, uh, the bad thing about the pandemic is like, we've had no meet and greets, you know, right. it's not allowed at these shows. So it's like, we don't get to see everybody up close like we always have, but, uh, but we still get, still get a kick out of it. It's, it's pretty, pretty fun. I've seen so many stories done about you and your collector instincts and your world-class collections. Um, it would be it would be a sin as a fifth-generation collector to have you on the show and not ask you about when you got bit by the collecting bug and how the collecting bug uh, keeps you going today. Because I don't know if it ever goes away. Uh, it doesn't. You, uh, it doesn't. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I started out, um, my parents had a music store, so there's one thing. I ate at a restaurant every single day because my parents never cooked. Well, my grandmother, she collected stamps and coins, and I, th I liked the artwork on uh, the coins, you know, with the, they were sculpted by these great artists. I still love the 50 cent piece and the dollars and the stamps. I was always key into that. But back then, there was no internet, so you, and, you know, and I didn't have any money really, so. But I collected that stuff. I still have the collection. And uh, I, then I started doing baseball cards. And I, you know, I, I wasn't into baseball after the Beatles came out. You know? And uh, I bought my first guitar. And uh, like I said, I took drum lessons. I didn't take guitar lessons. I taught myself. So that's why I'm so crummy. But uh, my first guitar, everybody that collects, you start with one. And it's, it's blossomed. I've owned over 2,000 instruments. Wow. And uh, now I have 500 guitars right over here. <laughs> and I just bought uh, uh, an old case in, in Australia and, a, and a, a, a lawsuit era Japanese guitar that got sued by Gibson in, in Australia. And, um, and the Gibson company, actually, um, they asked me to be on the board, but uh, they had a special edition of one of the guitars like I have, a 58 uh, flying B, they sold out, oh, wow. and all of a sudden, there's a knock at the door. They gave me one. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty sweet. So, as a collector myself, I've got to ask you the question. It's a two-parter. What's okay. the greatest thing you've had? What's the biggest score you've ever had, or is the biggest score still waiting for you? Um, probably being married to a uh, <laughs> She's not here, so I can say whatever I want. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, playing, uh, besides the family, I got four kids and four, four uh, spouses and 12 grandkids. That's pretty wow. fun. But uh, guitar wise, uh, in 1965, I bought a 1955 Bowl Top Les Paul for $65. I still have it. And, you know, wow. it's, like, it's been around the world with me. And um, a, a couple years ago, I got to one of the rare 1963 Guild Mural Travis guitars. I've wow. looked for one for 35 years and never found it. And I, wow. I finally got one and it was broken. I bought it right away and had it repaired by the same guys that built it in the first place. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's like, I'm not like some virtuoso, I'm more of a songwriter, but uh, 
I just I've always loved the guitars and the smell. You know, I wish they had some spray stuff to smell like the old musty cases. You know? I like that stuff. Cool. Um, I I love that the the subtleties and and the finesse of the senses that comes along with your passion for collecting. You just described that so beautifully. Have you and Andy created a house toast to share when we sip and clink glasses with rock and vodka? Well, we made one with a, a, a drink that I used to get when I went to go to the drive-in movie theater. It's Green River. It's a, it's a green pop, and it's like, it just goes with anything. <laughs> I tried to get them to be involved with uh, rock and vodka. They, uh, he actually didn't say no. I mean, he's definitely interested, but you know, we were we were a brand new brand at the time. Right. I, I yeah. approached the guy now. He's probably you know, but yeah. So that's the Rock and Rick. It's on our first page yeah. of the recipe book. It's a it's a very good drink. My wife and Rick actually make drink recipes on our YouTube channel. So you know, people can find all kinds of fun recipes on our yeah. in our link tree. No, Jennifer, that book, the artwork we had there. Oh, I have to mention this artwork is done from uh, she's Shannon McDonald. She's been amazing for our brand. She does everything from our business cards to our neckers. We use this icon. We call it an iconic image now because you got Rick yeah. Nielsen out there. She's but, the number one Beatle artist in the world. She did. Huh. She did every mural at the Heart, every mural at the Hard Days Night Hotel in Liverpool. Huh. Yeah, the and, world's number one Beatles artist. And Andy, I couldn't help but notice the uh, the iconography of the DNA in your rock and vodka logo. If you are somebody <laughs> my age, you had that shirt. It said something different back in the day. Now it says rock and vodka. Yeah, so Rick gave us permission. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, he gave us permission early on to, to use these. Yeah. Very difficult to find the font, actually. Yeah. The original font was a, a hand Handwriting, I believe. Yeah, hand done. It was a. Uh, it was actually uh, uh, Christopher Crow, who his dad was a, a commercial artist in uh, near Kenosha, Wisconsin. And he came to our show and brought it. And after that, he did uh, Last of the Mohegans, uh, 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 Peter, uh, Untouchables, a whole bunch of stuff. You know, he, yeah. And uh, so you know, I know uh, Christopher Crow and Cameron Crow. They're both cheap trick fans, so it's like it's pretty fun. That's cool. So is there a house toast that you oh, make? We're going to let you come up with one, uh, Jennifer, because that's... Yeah, you know, what so so what, what would you like to... Let's create a house toast uh, under... And Jennifer can be the uh, the inventor of our house toast. Well, I'd like to craft something, but sometimes it comes from the heart. And one must just say rock on. Rock on. Love you, honey. I want to salute you both and thank you for taking so much time to spend with us today and to and to welcome us into your world, into the world of rock and vodka, uh, that we share the mutual friend, Carrie Simon, who I know is with us today, the rock and roll yeah. guest. Uh, you know, I, I did, a, I did a, a pilot with him. I said, you need, a, you need a nasty guy behind you. You know, he's so nice. And I was like, you know, I'm the grumpy old fart, uh, you know, it doesn't work or whatever. And he liked that idea because he is too nice. And actually he gave me uh, one of his guitars at the end, you, you know, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, we miss him dearly. And uh, I'm gonna raise my glass and say uh, to Carrie, uh, rock on. Rock on. 
Rock and vodka can be found. Let's talk about distribution. Obviously, at the Hard Rock. Where else can we find this beautiful product to uh, connect to this story that we're weaving together today? To this beautiful chord of flavor that you've strummed and struck. And how can we join this caravan as it as it journeys on? Well. One of the reasons we actually went uh, uh, public was to be able to launch more states because every time we launch a different state, it's a very expensive process with the registration and, and hiring people and tastings and work with. But if you go to www.rockandvodkas.com with an S, rockandvodkas.com, we have a map and it takes you directly to the exact stores that have purchased it. Right now we're in five states and two countries. We're in British Columbia uh, and the other Canadian Providence. Uh, and we're working on Ontario right now. And we're anticipating on opening up about five more states. But we're in Texas, Florida, Georgia, California, Washington State, Illinois, and Florida. And uh, you can find us in, in a lot of the national chains like Targets, uh, Binnie's, uh, Specs, Twins. Um, and the momentum keeps on growing. Every day we're picking up new accounts. And uh, we're aligning with Hard Rocks throughout the nation. So we anticipate being in more Hard Rocks. But the one in Hollywood, Florida, the one with the iconic guitar, the brand new casino, just took 3,000 bottles on. It was our largest single purchase order. So they're doing something with the bottle in June. It's a big promotion. And uh, we hope to get as many uh, uh, locations as possible. But with growth comes time. And with Rick Nielsen and myself, we, we, we anticipate by the end of the year to be in at least 12 states. Well, I make my home in British Columbia. So there's really? sweet, music, sweet really? music in my ears. That's awesome. And... Go ahead. I was looking for pictures to show you in the 300th issue of Rock Magazine. Oh, there I am. Oh, wow. Look at that. That's fantastic. Incredible one. And, you which, think I, and which which guitar is that, Rick? The checkerboard, like it's going to be out yeah. in front of the Hard Rock. Yeah. That's Jennifer, awesome. a good one. I've done 5,000 5, shows with this thing. So it's wow. beat to crap. Yeah. Wow. It's yeah. Wow. And I've done 5,000 shows with this face, too. <laughs> that would be too. Jeff, Jennifer, uh, Gibson TV just did a, a, a collection edition. It's a, a, a beautiful story about Rick's collection, guitar collection. It's a must watch. It's on Gibson TV or with uh, Mark Ignacian. I tell you, uh, you know, if you don't know about Rick's collection, you will after that. Yeah, and, and, and he really is one of, Rick, you, you are one of the great collectors of all time. And I believe that you're going to inspire a generation of collecting the same way you've inspired a generation of musicians to think freely about what it is to make great music. And this to me is, is such a privilege that we've had a chance to sit and chat um, Congratulations on all your success, well, but in particular on making this product come to market. Uh, I'm on board, and I can't wait to see where we go next. Um, congratulations, and thank you both. Andy, right. rock on. Rock on. Whether you are thinking about becoming a restaurateur or you are already in the business, Michael Pulitz has written a must-read. The Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Pick up your copy today at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books A Million, or wherever fine books are sold.